Thanks for listening to Summit PA Sermon Audio, weekly teaching from the Summit Church in Indiana, Pennsylvania. SummitPA.church, every life made different. We're going to start today, the series we're in is called uh, The Questions Jesus Asked. And this, this series is all about asking uh, ourselves the questions that Jesus asked his followers and, and applying those things to our lives. Because Jesus asked us questions, uh, and he asked us the question not to discover the answer, but to help lead us to the place we need to be. And today is no different. Today we're, we're looking at a passage from Luke chapter 8, and we'll start in uh, verse 42. But just to give you some context, uh, Jesus uh, had, had come to this area, come to a region, and there was a man named Jairus who was a synagogue ruler, and his daughter was very sick. He's in a desperate situation, and this is not a man who would normally come to Jesus. He was a man of some esteem and some notoriety, and his situation is so desperate, he comes to Jesus, and he says, Master, can you help me? And he says, my daughter's sick. Will you go with me to the house and pray for her? And so Jesus is on this journey with Jairus to go to his home to pray for his daughter. And in the middle of the journey, there's this interruption. In the middle of this man's miracle, there's an interruption that seems to cause, every, uh, cause issues and cause problems for Jairus. And so this is where we'll pick it up in Luke chapter 8, verse 42. And it says, while he was going, while Jesus was going, the crowds were nearly crushing him. A woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years who had spent all she had on doctors, yet could not be healed by any. She approached from behind and touched the tassel of his robe. Instantly, her bleeding stopped. Verse 45 says, Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds are hemming you in and pressing against you. Someone did touch me, said Jesus. I know that power has gone out from me. When the woman saw that she was discovered, she came trembling and fell down before him. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she, had, uh, she was instantly cured. In verse 48, Jesus says, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. So the question that we're talking about today that Jesus asked is, Who touched me? Who touched me? It's interesting because when we look at this story, uh, there's so many different aspects and facets of the story that we can't get into right now. Uh, but I would encourage you, dig into this a little bit and see what God is saying to you and how he's speaking. Uh, but, but one of the things that's so interesting is there's this woman who was in a desperate situation. She looked for answers. She was looking for hope, and she could find no hope. What we see in Scripture is that she had a, a, a bleeding issue for 12 years. For 12 years, she had this physical condition that caused her to bleed. And, and, and what happened is, uh, because of this bleeding, it, it caused her to be ceremonially unclean. She couldn't worship. She couldn't be around other people because just her physical contact, when she touched someone else, it made them unclean. And so they couldn't worship. They couldn't be around other people. And so it caused problems, not just for her, but for those around her. It was isolating for her. It caused her to be alone. It caused her to, to be spiritually, physically, emotionally, relationally isolated from those she loved and cared for. And so this is a woman that was totally desperate. And what we see here is that she had been to doctors. She had approached um, physicians and healers and different people, and she had found no answers. She had found no solutions to her problem. She was desperate. And... and I don't know about you, but maybe you're in a similar situation today. Maybe you feel desperate. Maybe you feel a little bit hopeless. Maybe there have been things that have been going on in your life, maybe for a long time, maybe for years, and you're in a season now where you're thinking, are things ever going to get better? 
Um, is there any hope for my situation? Is there any hope for where I'm at? And then Jesus shows up on the scene. And it's interesting because she approached him from behind and she touched the tassel of his robe, according to Scripture. She touched the tassel of his robe. And the tassel of his robe was the, the hem of his garment or the edge of his garment. And it's interesting because there's a passage in Micah that actually has a prophecy about the Messiah, and it says that there is healing in his wings, and the word used for wings is the same word we use for tassels. And there's this prophecy that the Messiah would be one who would be full of healing. And this woman, she hears about Jesus, she sees Jesus, and she identifies and said, you know what, maybe this guy is not just a rabbi, he's not just a teacher, maybe he really is the Messiah that we've been waiting for. And if he is the Messiah, then there is healing in the tassels, if I can say it that way. There's healing in the fringe of his garment. I, I can just touch him and I'm gonna be healed. I'm gonna be changed. My life will be different if I can just get to him. Now, it was against the law for her to even be in this group of people because like I said, by virtue of just physically touching someone else, um, she made them unclean. And so she knew she was breaking the law. She knew she was going against social norms and religious norms, all the things. She knew it, but she was so desperate to receive healing, to be made different, that she pressed in. And so what we see here, there were, there were crowds all around him. In fact, the very first verse we read, it said, the crowds were nearly crushing him. There were people all around him. And this woman presses through to touch the, the hem of his garment, to touch the fringe of his robe so that she can receive his healing. And it's so interesting because Jesus then asked the question, who touched me? And it's ironic because this is a woman who is not allowed to be touching anyone at this time. She was not supposed to be engaging with them, physically in contact with them. And so she was totally isolated. But in this moment, she touches Jesus. He asked the question, who touched me? And I'll tell you this, throughout scripture, we see the power of touch, that Jesus uses touch to minister to people, to heal people um, physically. Uh, he, he, he touches people and then, uh, then confesses that they're free of sin, they're, they're healed of their sinfulness, that they're saved. And what we see is there, there's something powerful about touch. Even in the New Testament, we see that if someone is sick in the church, that the elders or the pastors are called on to lay hands on, anoint with oil. There's something powerful about the physical contact, the physical touch that can bring healing. And we see this at work in the ministry of Jesus. Now, let's divorce ourselves just a little bit of the fact that there's a spiritual implication here. Just in physiology, there's something powerful about touch. I've told our church before, but I'm... I'm somebody who loves touch. I wanna hug you. I wanna put my arm around you. Uh, if you're a guest and you walk through the doors of our church, uh, there's an excellent chance I'm gonna shake your hand and, uh, and you know, give you a side hug, something, because I, I, I like to pat people on the shoulders because uh, that's the way I receive love. I, I appreciate that contact and it means something to me. And, and what we see in sociology is that the same is true, that, that physical contact is important. Even Michelangelo, the, the noted artist, said this, to touch can be to give life. To, to simply touch someone in a healthy way can give life to people. Uh, to, to put your arm around somebody, to put a hand on a shoulder, uh, it can, can mean life. There's a study that was done in libraries in Europe, and what they discovered is when the librarian would gently touch the hand of the child who was checking a book out in their school, 
the children more likely to want to check more books out. They were more likely to want to come back because in that gentle touch of the hand as the kids were checking out their book, it conveyed something, it communicated something. And what we see is a healthy touch can, can communicate something powerfully. It can tell us something. It can impact us in some profound ways. In fact, there was some research that was done that found that preterm newborns, babies that were born before they were due, that were preemie, uh, who received just three 15-minute sessions of touch therapy each day for five to 10 days, gained 47% more weight than premature infants who had received standard medical treatment. So when babies were treated the way that, that science told the doctors to treat them, um, they gained less weight. But the babies who simply had more physical contact with another human being gained more weight. There was a physical response in their body to just being touched. Um, there's an interesting study that, um, that was done recently. Uh, and what they did is they took people and they did brain scans. They did MRIs. And, and they told the people, hey, you're going to receive uh, a loud noise. There's going to be uh, a blast of white noise coming through the speakers in this MRI tube. So you're going to be laying there and we're going to blast you with white noise as loud as, as uh, we can. Uh, so just know it's coming. And what they did is they measured the brain responses. And the people with the, that, that received this, um, the areas of the brain that measure stress, that measure anxiety, were off the charts. But what they did is they did the same experiment with people, and they had their spouse or their boyfriend or their girlfriend with them. And while they were waiting for the experiment to happen, they instructed the boyfriend or girlfriend or the loved one just to simply stroke their arm gently while they waited. And the response of those people, there was no response at all in that same area of brain activity. So what we see is that physical touch actually turned off the, the anxiety switch and the stress switch in their brains. They didn't respond the same way, even though they went through the same experience. There's something powerful about touch that we see. I'm an NBA fan. I like basketball, and I know that's foreign in um, Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania especially, uh, because we don't even know what basketball is here. But I like the NBA, and I, I read a study that said it was published in the journal Emotion, and it found that NBA teams who touch each other more have a higher winning percentage, that teams actually win more when they touch more. Now, it's not just simply about the touch, but it's about what the touch means. Because when you touch people, it signifies trust. It builds trust. It builds bonds between people. It actually lowers blood pressure. Our defenses drop whenever we touch each other in a healthy way. And we see these things at work in our society, in just relationships. And so my question to you today is if it's that important for us to be in physical contact with human beings, how much more important is it for us to be in contact with God? How much more important is it for us to be touched by our Heavenly Father? Because that's what God wants for us. And all this is suggesting that physical contact is important. Now, I know where we're at today, we're isolated and we can't be around people. Uh, just the other day, Abby, my oldest daughter, uh, and I, we went for a walk, and we ended up at Memorial Park in Indiana, and we were sitting uh, on the, the main little area next to the statue, and I heard a noise across the park, and I see a family from our church, and it's a mom and her son and 
his kids, uh, the grandbabies, and they're all together, they're social distancing and walking, and I see them and I was so excited to see them because I miss human beings, I miss our church, I miss people, and I was so excited to see them, I wanted to jump up and give them a hug because I, I, I want to be in contact, that's part of who I am, and I will tell you that we are wired that way. We are wired for physical contact, we're wired for intimacy, we're wired to be close to people, because that's how God created us. And again, if, if we're created for intimacy with people, how much more does God desire for us to be intimate with him, for us to be close to him, for us to know him? Now, it's interesting because in Luke chapter 8, Jesus asked the question, who touched me? And then his, his disciple Peter responds and says, Master, the crowds are hemming you in and pressing against you. Remember what we said? The crowd was almost crushing Jesus. They were all around. It was like he was the, the one direction of uh, the New Testament or the Beatles or I don't even know the popular band today. Ask your kid. They'll be able to tell you what it is. But there were people all around. They couldn't get enough. They wanted to be close to him. And so Jesus says, who touched me? And Peter goes, Jesus, what are you talking about? Everybody is touching you. Everybody is all around you. You're being touched on all sides by multiple people. And you're asking who touched me? And Jesus responds in verse 46. And he says, someone did touch me. I know that power has gone out for me. So what Jesus is saying is this. Um, somebody's touched me differently. This isn't a normal touch. This is not normal contact that I've experienced. There is a touch that's different. There's a touch that's significant. And I've noticed it. And he says, power has gone out from me. What he's saying is, um, hey, I've noticed that the healing anointing has, has gone out of my body, that it's touched somebody else. I'm not sure who it is. And in that moment, he asked the question, who touched me? Because he knows somebody has touched him differently. Um, it's interesting. What, what's the difference between her touch and the touch of all the people around him? Because all the people around him were probably looking for something. They were probably looking for a miracle. They were probably looking for an answer. Maybe they just wanted to be associated with this Jesus because he was uh, somewhat of a celebrity in that area. He was the hot name in that area. And so maybe people were just there because they wanted to hear a good message. Maybe they were there because they wanted to be, a, whatever the case was, people were there for a reason and they were all touching him. And I'm sure they had good intentions to some degree or another. But yeah, there was something that differentiated her touch from the rest of their touches. In Luke chapter eight, verse 48, after Jesus has dressed this woman, um, she's confessed what's happened, what was going on. Jesus says, daughter, your faith has made you well, go in peace. And Jesus identifies in this moment the difference between everyone else's touch and her touch. The contact that he's experienced with everyone else and the contact he's had with her. And the difference is her faith. Now sometimes we believe that uh, faith is all that makes a difference. Now I want you to know something, faith is powerful, but faith is not about just my belief. Faith is about where I believe and who I believe in. And what we see in Mark chapter 5, this is the same story, and it's told from a little bit of a different perspective. And it says this in Mark 5, 25, and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years and who had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all she had had, and she was no better but rather grew worse. So again, it's telling her story. She was in a desperate, hopeless situation. And it says in verse 27, she had heard reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. She had heard reports about who he was and she came up behind him and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. 
I believe she knew the prophecy about the Messiah, and she believed this is, in fact, the Messiah, and she was making a statement about who Jesus was in this moment, that she believed, hey, this isn't just a guy that can heal me, but this is the one we've been looking for, the one who has healing in his wings. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. So what we see is a little bit different because in this moment we recognize that this woman had a deep belief in who Jesus was. Yes, she had faith, but she had faith in Jesus as her healer. That she believed that if I can just get to him, there is healing resident in him. That it's not about me, it's not about my faith, it's about the one who I put my faith in. It's about trusting in him, that his power is sufficient to bring healing to my body. I don't know about you, um, I'm not gonna judge you uh, today on Easter, um, but maybe I will a little bit. I don't play the lotto uh, because I've always found that it's a bad investment strategy (laughs) to uh, buy scratch-offs and try your luck. You will lose money ultimately if you do that, I'm telling you. Um, So I don't play the lotto. I don't play the uh, scratchers, anything like that. But if I found a scratcher in the parking lot and there was no owner around, it hadn't been scratched off, I would probably play the scratcher because it doesn't cost me anything. And I would scratch it off, and if I happened to win something, I would, I would, hey, I got $5 or $8 or whatever the number is, and I would go claim it, and I, okay, it was house money. I didn't cost me anything, didn't really risk anything to do it. Might as well try it, right? Maybe if somebody gave you a ticket, it'd be the same way. Um, but I don't buy the tickets because I'm not willing to risk it. I, I feel like it's a bad investment. But the thing is, some of us approach Christ this way. We approach Christ, and we go, um, I don't know if he can heal, but I might as well try. Um, maybe I'll get lucky with this one. Maybe, maybe something will happen. Who knows? We'll see. And my feeling is that there were many people who approached Christ that way. That's why there were thousands of people around him, but only one who really touched him. Because there was one who said, my healing is resident in him. If I can just get to him, I know I'll be healed. Even though she was desperate, even though uh, she had put her hope in physicians and doctors, and she found herself in a worse condition. She had found the one and said, I know that if I can just simply touch him, there's healing there. Because it's not about me and my belief, it's about the one who I'm believing in. See, some of us feel like, maybe we'll get lucky. Yeah, I'll try this church thing out, I'll be around. I like how it makes us look. I like being associated with, you know, it's a good thing. I grew up as a Christian, I grew up Catholic, so it's good for me to be in church. And who knows, maybe it'll pay off. And it's the same way we approach that scratcher ticket. Who knows, maybe it'll pay off. We're not really putting our hope in it. We're not trusting, it's house money. Maybe we'll get lucky. And I'm telling you today, that is the wrong way to approach Jesus because Jesus is the one who's worthy of all of our faith and worthy of our hope, worthy of our trust. See, there were a lot of people who were in contact with Jesus, but only one who touched him in faith. And I'll tell you this, I believe we regularly bump into Jesus, but we rarely touch Jesus. My question to you is, are you bumping into him? Are you bumping into him because your family members are Christian, go to church? Are you bumping into him because you show up at church once in a while or you watch online and you hear a message? So you bump into Jesus, or are you touching Jesus? Are you putting your faith and your hope in him and believing that he is the answer to your situation? Because there's a stark difference between those two things. In John chapter 19, verse 30, Jesus is on the cross and to fulfill scripture, fulfill, fulfill prophecy, he, um, he asked for a drink, and they, they give him a drink of uh, sour wine. And after he drinks it, 
he, he utters these last words, it is finished. And the words he utters on the cross are for you and me today. The work that he did on the cross, it finishes the work that we need for salvation. That we are saved because of Jesus' atoning death on the cross. Because he gave his life, because his blood was shed, the price for our sin is paid for. We're whole today because of that. Now I want you to know something. The good news for us is Jesus didn't just die on a Friday. He rose again on a Sunday. Three days later, and that third day, he was resurrected. He, he came back to life. The stone was rolled away. The, the tomb was empty. And because of that, we have life. Now, it's interesting because in this moment, Jesus said, it is finished. But the reality is for you and I as believers, everything is just beginning. Something started for us on Sunday morning when Jesus walked out of that tomb alive and well. There's life, there's an abundance for us because of what Jesus started on Sunday when he walked out of that tomb. Now it's interesting when I read this passage from Luke chapter eight and Jesus asks the question, who touched me? It sounds like such a straightforward question, but there's something interesting here. Um, the word touched that Jesus uses, it's used three times in this passage. It's used in Luke 8.45, Luke 8.46, and then again when the woman responds and she says, this is why I touched him. It's used these three times in this way, and every other time, four other times it's used in the New Testament, and every other time it's used differently. And the Greek word for this is hapto, it's H-A-P-T-O, and it, it can mean touch, but, but more significantly, it means to adhere to or to fasten to, and it means to fasten fire to a thing, to kindle or to set a fire, to start a fire is what it means. So every time it's used in scripture besides these three, it's used as the word kindle or start a fire. And I find this so interesting because I think sometimes for us, we are looking for answers to our problems. We're looking for the completion to a problem. God, if you can just solve this, then everything will be fine. We think if we can just touch Jesus, our problem will be completed. Our, our life will be whole. Everything will be okay. But I'm telling you something. Some of you are looking for completion to something, but I, I believe God is looking for a beginning to something. See, Jesus' death on the cross completed salvation for us, but his resurrection started something new. And I'm telling you something today. You believe you're looking for something to be completed, but I believe Jesus is looking for something to start in you today. And it begins with you touching him in faith. It begins with you simply saying, I trust you. In spite of what I see, in spite of what I feel, in spite of what my circumstances are today, Jesus, I put my faith and my trust in you. It's not about me, it's not about my faith, but God, I'm gonna put myself in position to touch you, to hear from you, to, to make sure that, that you are the one who brings healing and restoration to my life. And I'm telling you, that woman who, who was healed of the issue, this, this physical issue of blood that she had for 12 years, she thought, this is gonna complete my story. But her story was just beginning. There was something that was begun in her. A fire was started in her. See, I think Jesus wants to kindle something in your life. He wants to touch you, but he wants you to touch him. And in that, something's gonna begin. Something's gonna change. Something will shift. And I believe your story is beginning today. I believe for you, it's the beginning of your story. It's the beginning of a new chapter for you. That as we say yes to Jesus, we confess him as Lord, we make him Lord of our life. There's a, a new story that's beginning for us and it's gonna change everything. 
For some of you that are dealing with situations and circumstances that feel like they're beyond your control, I want you to know something. You feel like if I could just get to the end of this, it'll be better, but, but God wants to begin something in you too. God wants to start something. God wants to kindle something in you. He wants to begin a fire in you that's going to sweep through your family and sweep through your workplace, sweep through our community. See, as fast as coronavirus has spread across the globe and the nation, I want you to know something. Hope in Jesus Christ can spread even faster. Jesus wants to begin something in you that will spread, that will impact, that will change lives, that will impact others. But it begins with you. It begins with you today simply saying, if I can just touch him, if I can just touch him, he can start something in me. He, be he can begin something in me. He can change something in me. He can make my situation different if I can just touch him. That's my hope for you today in this Easter weekend, that you will experience Jesus in a new way, that this Easter something will begin in you, that just like Jesus' story and our story really began the moment he walked out of that tomb, that empty tomb represents something new beginning for us today. And I want to encourage you in this. That empty tomb represents a new beginning for you and begins with you simply touching Jesus. So will you do that today? Will you trust him with your life? Maybe you've never accepted him as Lord. I believe today is your day that, that you touch him and everything is new. Something is kindled in you. Something's begun in you. Maybe you're watching this today and you're struggling because you're dealing with circumstances that, that seem out of control for you. And I want you to know something. Jesus can bring a piece to that. He can begin something new in you if you'll simply touch him. Will you reach out to him? Will you trust that he is who he says he is, that he is the one who can rescue you? He is the one who can begin something new in you today. That's what Easter is all about. It's not about an end, it's about a beginning. I wanna pray for you right now. And no matter where you're watching from, no matter how you're engaging with this uh, today, I, I want you just to bow your head and close your eyes. And I wanna just pray with you. So Heavenly Father, I thank you that today we have a beginning to a story because of what Jesus did on the cross. His life, his death, his resurrection signals a new beginning for us. Lord, we were dead to our sin, but because of Jesus, we're alive and well today. And because he walked out of that tomb alive, we are alive with him. So God, I pray that as we reach out to you today, as we touch you, I pray that everything would be changed in us. God, I pray for those that are watching this right now and listening to this. I pray for those that are, that are hopeless, that maybe they identify with this woman, that they've tried everything, they've experienced all they can, and they've recognized that there feels like there's no hope. I pray that you would rekindle hope in them today. Begin to bring hope in them. Light the fire of hope and let it spread. God, I pray for those that are watching this that don't know you, let today be the day that they surrender their lives to you, that they have an encounter with you, that they are touched by you and they touch you and their life has changed. The story begins today. So God, have your way with us. Speak life and hope into us. In your name we pray, amen. Now listen, if you're watching this today and you've never given your life to Jesus, uh, today is your day. And we never ever want to embarrass you, or make a spectacle of you, but we want to help you take the next step in Jesus Christ. So if you're watching this and you feel in your heart that you know God is speaking to you, he's drawing you, that, that your story needs a new beginning, today's your day to reach out and touch Jesus. And the simplest thing we can do is pray a prayer. What we see in Romans, it says, if you'll confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and can believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. 
So what I wanna do is I just wanna say a, a simple prayer with you, and I would like all of you that are watching, no matter where you're watching at or who you're watching with, I want all of you to repeat this prayer after me, to confess with this with your mouth, but believe it in your heart as well. So I want you to pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you gave Jesus, your one and only son, to pay the price for my sins on the cross. From now on, my life is yours. Use it for your glory. Let my beginning change someone else's life. I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. Thank you for loving me and for saving me. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I just wanna tell you how proud I am of you, how excited I am for you to see what God's gonna do in your life. And if you're watching this today and you wanna respond, there are a couple ways you can do that. The first is this, you can simply text the word different to the number 94,000. That's different to the number 94,000, 94,000. Let us know about your decision. We're gonna respond back to you. We're gonna engage you. We're gonna help you take the next step in your faith journey. We wanna get you a Bible in the mail. We wanna get you some information to help you grow in your faith. If you're watching this on one of our platforms and you wanna engage, let us know. If you're watching on Church Online, you can click raise hand. You can raise your hand and respond to that there. Or if you're watching on one of our other platforms, just simply engage on the comments with one of our moderators. Let them know about that if you'd like. They can pray with you. They can agree with you. They can help you in your walk as well. So I just want you to know I'm so proud of you, I'm so excited for you, and I cannot wait to see what God's gonna do in your life. What an incredible decision you've made to follow Jesus, to make him Lord of your life, or to rededicate your life on this Easter weekend. I believe God's gonna do something incredible in and through you in your beginning. So thank you for worshiping with us today. I tell you guys regularly, I hope you know it. I love you more than you know, and I'm so glad I get to be your pastor. God bless you guys. Have a happy weekend.